Tonight's reading will come from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a but I hire he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I care about my sheep, and I know my sheep. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. It's time to uh, let you know what we did a couple of weeks ago in Colorado, 17 of us. And I'm going to let you just I'm going to show some slides. And then following this, three of our young men will present lessons that they presented in, in Pueblo, Colorado, at, at the Southwest Congregation there. And they did a great job. And you will see that they did a great job and they will do a great job. And I appreciate them, those four boys, Blaine, Nolan, Connor and uh, and John being willing to come up on the stage and address the congregation. I appreciate them so much. I also appreciate those people who went um, on the trip. Seventeen of us went to Colorado a couple of weeks ago to put on a, a vacation Bible school in Walsenburg in Colorado. We left from here at five thirty. Is that correct? We showed up at the building at five, left at five thirty, drove 13 hours, eight minutes, supposedly, really. And then you, you notice the speed traps there. We had to watch out for those. It's just a screenshot on my phone. So speed traps. But, you know, 17 people getting out uh, and eating and, ta- and getting gas. And when we get gas, everyone scatters. Well, it takes a little bit more than 13 hours and eight minutes to get there. So we leave at 530 and we get there in the evening and people are waiting for us already. They're ready to take us to the places we're going to stay. And we've been coordinating this thing since, well, January, February, when we when we started communicating with the Walsenberg people. And they're excited to have us every year and we're excited to go there. It's one of the fastest weeks that I experience throughout the week. This is a church building, and this is where we will, where we meet uh, at night, where we meet the sponsors, where we meet the people hosting us in their houses. We, the girls, six of the girls, six of the females went to a house in the mountains. We're all jealous about that, but it was beautiful. Three of our, four of our females went to a house a few blocks away, and then the, then the men stayed on the grounds on the church building. And uh, I don't know if you remember that picture, but I, I sleep in a closet in the church building every year. This is the fifth year that we've gone, and that closet has become a, a very special place for me. You shut the door, and it's total, totally dark in there, and, I, and I've tried to make sure, okay, do I have a hand? Yes, I do have a hand. I can feel it, but it's very dark. But the boys stay in the church building, and there's a trailer. Our sponsors this year were, were David Lehman, Minnie Alvarez, Brandon and Rebecca and Martin and, and myself, five adults, and then and then the rest were teenagers ready to go, ready to get to work. And so we did. We handed out flyers. We handed out uh, over 500 flyers throughout the town. 
of Walsenburg on a Saturday morning. That didn't take long because, these, because our, our teens, our workers were gung-ho and got after it. And so next year, if we go, Lord willing, we'll have to bring more flyers. But those are advertisements to let the people know there will be a vacation Bible school held on Monday, on mon- starting on Monday. Now, this was an interesting year because we went a week later than we normally do. And in that week, for some reason, there were two other churches having vacation Bible schools at the same time. So it was a little frustrating, but it was it was also encouraging once these people started showing up. We went to services at Walsenburg on Sunday morning. Brandon Martin taught the teen class. I taught upstairs in the auditorium that class. And then I preached our young men um, waited on the table. Uh, serve serve the Lord's Supper, and I appreciate that, and that's always a good time. And then we had then we had lunch uh, t- with the congregation, and then we got to started decorating the building, which didn't take long this year. I was a little worried because it it seemed like it would it would take a little while to get it done. But again, these people are workers, and they're they are willing to to throw themselves into this work, and they. And they did a great job, obviously, decorating. Now, one thing I failed to mention, the Vacation Bible School that we put on in Walsenburg is the same Vacation Bible School that we put put on here a few days before. So we go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here. We have a day off. We leave Friday. And then the following Monday, we we do VBS. The night, Sunday night, we got in the van happily. Nolan seems you're just you're beaming with your bow tie. He's getting ready to go preach. And that's why he's so excited. John's getting ready to go preach. And yeah. And I'm telling you, you will hear how good of a job he did. Nothing to not be excited about. And then our young men did preach. And and they did a wonderful job. The congregation at Southwest, this is the first time that we've gone to Pueblo on a Sunday night to, to conduct the services. Usually we do this. One last year it didn't work out, but the first couple of years we went to Trinidad. The next year we went to Alamosa, and there were smaller congregations. The Southwest Church, Southwest Church of Christ in Pueblo is about the same size as Rosenberg. So the Wednesday night group was about this size. And that's intimidating. If it's the first time getting up in front of someone to to preach or to read scripture, they did a wonderful job. And then the next. So then we went from there. We were able we were privileged to go to the secretary's house, the church secretary's house and um, have a fellowship with them, have pizza. And they brought the teens from from that congregation and they played some interesting games this I, I don't know how to explain this game that they that they started to learn. And I can't even anyway, it's a it's some kind of chant. I threw Brandon right in the middle of the circle and I have video of him being totally confused. You'll see in a second that he was a little confused throughout the week. One of the things that we ask when the children start showing up is that the teens interact with them and get to know them. And John is doing a great job, and we were we were hoping that that would be the case. A lot of times, the first year uh, Walsenberg teens have a little bit difficulty getting throwing themselves into the lives of these kids. But these kids from Walsenburg need people to throw them throw their lives into uh, their lives, and so. Uh, our, our teens did a great job getting ready, letting them know uh, that, that, that they're there and they want to establish relationships. 
And uh, that's what they're doing. They get on the floor with them. They interact with them. They find out things about them before BBS ever starts. They're sitting in the auditorium asking, what's your name? What's your favorite color? Do you have brothers and sisters? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite sport? And on and on. And it goes back and forth. A little teasing, a little laughing. But it establishes relationships. And it's from the get-go. And they did, they did a wonderful job as, as usual. We started the singing. I'll talk about the T-shirts in a minute, but you, you notice those T-shirts. Right away, from the, from the beginning, these children were ready to sing. They might not have known the songs, but they were throwing themselves into it as well. And then at one point, these boys just came up and asked, can we, can we lead songs with you? Okay, and so we did that for a while, and I love this. This kid's getting after it right there. I think that's, and we're all surprised, I guess, but he is getting after it. And that was their spirit throughout the week as we, as we uh, did, as we put on the Vacation Bible School. Their spirit was they just wanted to learn. They wanted to sing. They wanted to have fun. They were excited about the puppets. Everything that we did was new to a lot of them. And their eyes were wide and their ears were, were open and their minds and their hearts were open for the lessons. It was so encouraging to watch, watch these first timers as far as Bible, the Bible information is concerned. And it's so encouraging and so special to watch that. And then, and then again, relationships are formed. This is Nolan sitting around doing nothing. Really, he taught classes by himself. And from what I didn't, I saw a little video, by the way, um, in getting ready for this. Uh, uh, Kathleen gave me video in, with the pictures that she took. But he, he did a phenomenal job, just engaged these children, kept their attention. They were asking questions. He was explaining. He was keeping them on track. And from what I heard, several people went into that class, and they were just highly impressed with Nolan and his abilities and, and his willingness to get, to get out of his comfort zone. And if there was any theme for the week, I would say that it was getting out of your comfort zones. And again... We had a great example, and I'll explain in a minute. John's out of his comfort zone and in a boat, and and he's <laughs> I don't I don't know if it anyway. I won't I won't tease you about that. Some other things happened. We had crafts, we had snacks, we had activities. These are fly swatters, and I have no idea. Uh, but is it? It's an activity. It's that 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 uh, Jackie uh, put it, had them had them do. But they had a lot of activities together with our teens, guiding them, teaching them, loving on them. And then, I don't know if you remember, if you came to the Wednesday night program here, we had a, we had a man named Professor Goodnews, and he came out and taught us the steps of salvation. We didn't have him. We did not have him at, at Walsenburg. So we had to come up with an alternative. Um, and so we thought, well, it, the the theme is sheep, right? And so we need to have someone representing a sheep. And so who better than, than to ask? And his name's not Brandon anymore. It's really Brandon. That's how we introduced him. And I'm telling you, he is the epitome. If there's an example of someone stepping way out of his comfort zone, it's Brandon. And, and when you see him next... I just want you to shake his hand and say, thank you, Brandon. I want you to do that. 
for the next year. I have, I have milked this for all it's worth, and I'm done. It's up to y'all now. But he did a wonderful job teaching the steps of salvation. And he, he, was, he was very hesitant, but we talked him into it. And he, again, threw himself into what he was doing. And the kids responded so incredibly well. And they learned those steps of salvation that Brandon taught them on his hand. And at the program, parents and grandparents came on Wednesday night and they heard Brandon sing these, these steps of salvation with the kids singing as well. And, um, and that, that was very special, highly important. And that's what VBS should be all about. Here's what it's all about. These are just a few of the faces. But you, but you look at the faces and a lot of these kids, from what we know from talking to them, they might not be with their parents even. They're with their grandparents or uncles and aunts or just in foster care. If they do have a parent, most of them don't have two parents in the same house. A lot of them we talk to have parents in prison and in, in jail because of drug offenses and other things. Some are in rehab. But every for the last several years, I've told, the, I've told our teens that we give these kids... Three, three days of paradise. Three days of paradise. And they, there, I'll show you some pictures of how reluctant they are to let, to let go at the end of those three days and an evening of paradise. This is, these are some of the kids, and you will notice, you'll notice the blue t-shirts. And those t-shirts are t-shirts that y'all helped provide. And we appreciate uh, Brandy going through the process of getting the shirts ready. But it was because of your, your funds, the, the, the money that you gave for the T-shirts, that these children and, and their faces lit up when we said, we're giving you T-shirts. Some of them were just in disbelief. You're giving me a T-shirt. And they wore these the rest of the week. And they wore them wherever they went throughout the week. And, and it was a special thing. And also, y'all... Y'all got T-shirts for the adults, for the workers of, of Vacation Bible School. These ladies are ladies who worked in the kitchen and uh, providing the snacks. And they've done this for five years, and it's getting easier for them. I saw the schedule that they had. They had made an elaborate schedule of who's going to bring food when, who's, who's doing what. And they, they fed us as well. Every day we had lunch with these people, and they organized this and fed us well, and they were great hosts for us. But I, but they have, again disbelief. Here's a shirt. Here's a shirt for you that we brought from. And on the back of those shirts it says Walsenburg Church of Christ. And they were hesitant. Really? No. For me? No. I don't. I, no. Really. And they were kind of overwhelmed and touched by the fact that y'all were considerate enough to to raise that money and to give that money for those shirts. And it may seem trivial. But it seemed to make a connection, uh, a little bit stronger connection with them. And every year it gets stronger and stronger. And we look so much, so forward to being with them, with them every year. I just want to show you some pictures of the relationships, the the love, and how close that our 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 teens get. I want to say kids, our young adults, our young our young people get. Um, how close they get and how close the other children get. They just have a great time. They, they get real huggy. 
and they desire that. They seem to crave that attention. And it's not just the teens who get, who get to experience that love and acceptance. It's not just the teens. And when it's time to say goodbye, it's hard to say goodbye. It's difficult because they're in our hearts and we're obviously in their hearts. As children gravitate toward our teens and they stay with them and they may have been labeled hyperactive. They may have been labeled un unable to pay attention or mean or whatever. But I'm, those kids respond and they and they just wrap themselves and entwine themselves in our lives. And uh, we want to say thank you for allowing us to go. To the elders, thank you for, for allowing us to experience this fifth year. Thank you so much for, for the prayers and the encouragement that we get from you as we get ready to go. You know, it is a fun trip. It's enjoyable, but it's tiring. It is exhausting, but it's absolutely worth it. Worth the 16 or so, 100, 878 miles to get there. Worth that trip and worth the trip back so we can come home. I want to tell you one thing that, that came from this as well. Every year when, when we give the forms to the families to fill out the registration forms, there are, there are boxes marked I mean, at the bottom of the registration forms. Are you interested in a Bible study? Are you interested in learning more about the Church of Christ? Are you interested in whatever? A lot of people this year marked, yes, they're interested in Bible studies. And one of the members there took those registration forms and he he is dedicated to reaching out to those families those parents grandparents and family members who indicated that they are interested in a bible study it's not just life changing it's making an eternal difference and our prayer is and i'm sure yours are too that while we've seen some of these kids from the get-go, from the first time we, we've gone until this last year, until this year, I know our prayers are that we'll see them in heaven. Them and their families. And so again, we appreciate so much you letting us go. And I, and I would ask you to continue to pray for these children and their families and, uh, and us as well as we continue to try to reach out to them. Connor's going to come up and present the first part of the lesson centered around sheep, shepherd, and flocks. And so once again, let's give him the attention. Nolan will offer the invitation and then things will proceed as usual. Before I start, I would like to thank y'all for letting us come and present these lessons to y'all tonight, as I know it helps us to grow spiritually as much as it does y'all. Tonight I'm going to be talking about how to become a sheep and how to um, and our responsibilities as to follow our shepherd. If you would, please turn with me to Romans 6, 3 through 6. Romans 6, 3 through 6. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through, through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the, from the dead through the glory of, our, of the Father, we too may live... Uh, 
we too may live a new we too may live a new I'm sorry my paper messed up we were therefore buried with him through baptism in order in that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. This is one of my this is one of the most powerful powerful verses in the Bible to me because it paints this picture of our sins and our old self being done away with through baptism because our savior was crucified on the cross for us. The only the only way for us to become a sheep is through baptism. Baptism is just the beginning of our walk down the narrow way. Our responsibility as sheep in the Lord's flock is to stay faithful to him and follow him. Turn with me to Luke 9, 57 through 62. Luke 9, 57 through 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. These men claimed they were fully ready to follow Jesus. They thought they were ready for the responsibilities of following their shepherd. But Jesus says, Okay, you said you would follow me anywhere, but what about there? And the men made excuses. And we do that same thing all the time. We tell God we're all in, we're ready. Whatever he has planned for us, we'll do it. But when the opportunity comes up to go on that mission trip, or when we have the chance to help someone, or we have the opportunity to make the right decision, we make excuses. We make that selfish decision and we tell ourselves, well, maybe next time. Turn with me to Matthew 4, 18 through 20. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Do you see the contrast between those two scriptures? Both, both are groups of men being asked by Jesus to follow him. And we ought to have the dedication Peter and Andrew had. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. It is our job as sheep to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow our shepherd. Being sheep is not an easy job sometimes, but the reward will be better than any of us could ever imagine.
John Krejci will now come up for the next lesson. Good evening. It is a pleasure to speak with all night. Thank you for letting all of us come and speak to you. So I'm going to talk about how the Lord is our shepherd. Please, please turn to Psalms 48, 14. Psalms 48, 14. For this is our God, for this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. The Lord guides us to the path of righteousness through his divine holy word. Through prayer, singing hymns, and following God's word, we can grow closer to God, our Father, which will help us on our path to eternal life. If we follow God's will and serve others instead of paying attention to ourselves, our lives will be much happier. Although evangelizing can cause persecution, us as Christians must push through to the path of eternal life. How we can get astray. Please turn to Proverbs 10:17. Again, Proverbs 10:17. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. As humans, we are going to sin. Though we will sin, our goal is on Judgment Day to be accepted into the kingdom of heaven. If we obey God's will throughout our lives and stay on the right path, we will receive eternal life. But every Christian falls, falls astray at some point in their lives. And as Christians, it is our job to encourage them to come back, whether it be someone who has stopped attending services or someone who hasn't been following God's will as they should. If you are astray, come back. Please turn to 1 Peter 2.25. 1 Peter 2.25. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. As humans, we are going to sin, but as Christians, we must repent of those sins. If you haven't and are continuing on the wrong path and the wolf has led you astray, then please, tonight when Nolan gives the invitation, come back. If the Lord is not your shepherd, then let him be. Please turn to Acts 2.38. Again, Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you understand right from wrong and you're ready to follow God for the rest of your life and live for him and you are ready to put on Christ in baptism, then please don't be afraid to come up when the invitation is given tonight. Now Nolan Tidwell will speak with you.
I know it's been said already twice before, but I'd like to thank you for this opportunity and your attention and your time tonight. Well, we know that the Lord is our shepherd and that we're sheep, right? We just talked about that. But here are some questions that will be very beneficial for us all to examine together. The first one is, what are the blessings of being part of his flock? What are the dangers and hardships that may come with being part of it? And what others might we face if we're separated from it? What do sheep do in the flock? Why should we be part of his flock? And if we aren't part of his flock, how do we become part of it? So first of all, blessings of being in the flock. The first one is prayer. We can always talk to God and he'll always listen. Whether it's the tiniest little things, our worries, our cares, we can bring anything to God and he'll always listen. Turn with me to Matthew 21, verse 13. Again, that's Matthew 21, verse 13. And this says, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. So we can pray for strength. We can pray for healing. We can pray for ourselves or for others. We can take anything to God no matter how small it is. The next one is encouragement. And all of us as fellow sheep encourage one another. Turn with me to Galatians 6, 2. Again, that's Galatians 6, verse 2. This is a short one. It says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We have the entire body of Christ to lean on. That's, that's a lot of people, not just this gathering of Christ's sheep. Everyone in the entire world, every Christian. And there's no other place like the church. I can't think of a single other organization or group of people that is quite like us. We have unmatched love and encouragement for one another. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5.11. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. So if the flock is acting as it should, if we're acting as we should, nothing else will match up to what we have here. Next one is physical needs. Not only can we provide spiritual and mental assistance, for one another, we can provide physical assistance. What if someone's getting older and they can't quite maintain their yard anymore? Well, we can get a group of people together and go help them do their yard work, right? What if someone's pregnant or just unable to make themselves food? We can bring food to them. And anything that we need, people are willing to help us. Number two. Hardships and dangers of being inside the flock. The first one is persecution. Turn with me to John 15, verse 20. Again, that's John 15, verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And while it's often not life-threatening, well, it, more often than not, it's not life-threatening. 
it's we we still endure psychological torture on a daily basis whether that's simply being excluded from a social group maybe the people we work with the people we go to school with it's it still gets inside our heads and it's well it it may not sound as bad as physical torture or persecution it often can break our resolve more than that sometimes or more often than not when faced with physical persecution people often strengthen their faith in god but when they're faced with psychological persecution as we're faced with on a daily basis they they break because sometimes you don't even really realize you're being persecuted and and it just gets inside your head whether we want to acknowledge it or not we want to fit in right we want people to accept us but we can't always be accepted we're called to be different next is being a mock christian and that means simply going through the motions and and in contrast to my last point it's not of the world but it's it's from ourselves we we're a danger to ourselves sometimes we could find ourselves simply singing the song without thinking about the words or zoning out during the sermon turn with me to deuteronomy 6:5 That's Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. How can we do that if we're being mock Christians? We can't, right? Next is tough choices. They're not always easy, but we all have to make tough choices in life. Whether that's simply avoiding certain people not going to some party that you want to go to or watching certain things that people that you may be pressured to do um turn with me to galatians 5:9 it says a little leaven leavens the whole lump So it really does matter where we go, who we spend our time with, what we see, because just a little bit of that can affect us so much. But no matter how bad or unpleasant it may seem inside the flock, it's always going to be worse outside. If you're astray and you don't have a shepherd to guide you, you're you're going to die. That's what happens to sheep when they don't have a shepherd to guide them. Some predator kills them and eats them. They don't they're not going to last long. But this isn't just an earthly death. This is an eternal death we're talking about. Number 3, membership of the fold. We're all sheep, and sheep are supposed to be submissive to their shepherds. And as the Lord's sheep, we must act in accordance to his will as revealed by his word. Turn with me to Acts 5:29. It says but Peter and the apostles answered we must obey God rather than men and what happens if we don't well we just talked about that if you if you get lost and you don't have your shepherd to guide you you're facing an eternal death so why should we become a member 
without the shepherd, we're not getting to heaven. There's, there's nowhere that we can go. There's no other shepherd that can guide us to where we need to go. As Troy talked about this morning, there is one way, one truth. That's Jesus. Turn with me to Luke 19.10. That's Luke 19, verse 10. And it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's you, and that's me, and that's, that's all of us. God doesn't want any sheep to be wandering astray. So, how do I become a member? Well, the five steps of salvation are hear the gospel, believe it, repent of your sins, be baptized for the remission of your sins, and live for Christ until your death on this earth. So, if you aren't part of the sheepfold of God tonight, and you'd like to be, or if you are, and you aren't following your shepherd as you ought to be, or if you have any other needs, please come forward now as we stand and as we sing.